Ready, look! Class landing! Episode 71 The moon with the rebel base will be in range in 30 minutes, 30 minutes. Every time Catherine revved up the microwave, I'd piss my pants and forget who I was for a half hour or so. It's 30 minutes away. I'll be there in 10. I'll be there in 10. Is this a five-minute argument or a full half hour? You have 30 minutes to move your car. Your car. You have 30 minutes to move your cube. Your cube. You are listening to a half hour wasted. Broadcasting in crystal clear mono. And now, here are your hosts, Brad Milo and Frank A. Rincon. So this is probably like the 1100th thing I've set on my truck box and, <laughs> and driven off it, while it's been sitting on the truck box. And what, what, what was that? Your computer? <laughs> no, this hardback book that I was reading. And uh, hardback books aren't cheap. Right. Unless you get them at half price bookstore, right? right? So it's a Star Wars novel. It's the ninth book in this nine book series uh-huh. it's the big knockdown drag out between the protagonist and the antagonist right big words yeah i know i did a little research this morning <laughs> so I, i'm reading it in the elevator as i um am leaving work right friday i get in the uh i um get to the car i re- vividly remember placing it on the truck box because my hands are full i need mm-hmm. to find my keys right so i place it there and i've done this several times i could I have a laundry list of things I've put on my truck box. Right. Like the number of sodas I've set on my truck <laughs> box and driven off without, you know, getting them is just astronomical. So long story short, I forgot to take it off the truck box when I got in the car mm-hmm. and it's gone. No oh, telling where it is. And I was halfway through this book. What was the title? Uh, the name of the book was Invincible. It, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard about the... Um, the the line of Star Wars novels that's currently being published, it's called Legacy of the Force, mm-hmm. which is um, in the same era as the Star Wars Legacy comic book that's being yes. published. Yes. Actually, it's technically not in the same era. That takes place 100 years later. But in the grand t- Star Wars mm-hmm. timeline, this all takes place in the Legacy timeline as opposed to the New Republic okay. or the Old Republic or whatever. So uh, I drove off. Oh, Brad, it. I'm sorry. Uh, well, I'm you gonna, know what? I'm if go to half if, price bookstore and find or you know, it's too bad that discount comic book services doesn't sell um, books because you could get it through them because they could. have awesome discounts, don't they? <laughs> they do. They've got awesome discounts, like such as uh, huh. like forty percent off and and uh, of current titles, and um, and we get all of our comic books through them. I love discount comic book service, yes, and you hey, should too. And they're they're a sponsor of this show. There's a guy on the phone that. That's been I, patiently waiting. And I think he says he uses discount comic book service. Is it Donnie? Yes. There we go. Donnie Salvo from Connecticut, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Co- comedian and um, and um, listener of the show. You actually sent us a very nice voicemail a while back. Yeah, and we played it on the show. You heard it, right? Oh, absolutely. You sound pretty funny, yeah, I, you sound pretty funny uh, to yourself when you listen to yourself on a <laughs> podcast, don't you? Yes, I, I actually uh, listen to my voice and can't believe that's my own voice. <laughs> so, so Donnie, you've, you've kind of found us. Uh, t- tell us how you, how you found the show, how you came across it. Well, I was listening to uh, Comic Geek Speak, 
and uh, they actually played your 50th episode. It worked, Frank. It worked, wow. We actually got um, about three listeners out of that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was the first, first out of the three. I actually called the other two. Uh, and said, hey, you got to subscribe. Say, hey, you got to listen to this. So, um, uh, how uh, how long have you been listening to Comic Geek Speak, and how did you find out about them? Well, actually, uh, only a few months. Um, my wife was into the podcast, and she doesn't like anything geeky at all. But she's like, yeah, they have these like free kind of radio shows on iTunes, and I went and I looked and. There was a ton for comics, and Comic Geek Speak, I think, it was like in the top two. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I mean, they yeah. definitely set the bar high, and that's what inspired us to do our show. And uh, so I just jumped right on, and like the the second or third episode I listened to, they actually played yours. Wow, that actually and worked. I was, I was like, at first though, I was like, "What the heck is this crap? What? <laughs> I, I'm trying to listen to this, and they're making me listen to something else." Uh. You know, <laughs> so. But then I listened to you guys, and I was just, I was like, wow, you guys sound professional, like an absolute professional radio show. Wow, thank you very much. Yeah, I mean, see, I don't understand that, because we're so totally not. And the fact the, the fact that a stand-up comedian would find us funny is, there's something fishy about that. And Brad was, was Brad for the longest time was convinced that um, that this was a joke played by one of our listeners named, named Johnny M., um, that that he had concocted this whole uh, comedian that that thought uh, that would listen to our show, but uh, but no, you're yeah, real, I, you're flesh and blood. I, I am for the most part. Yeah. <laughs> hey, so tell I, us uh, tell us a little bit about your career because you you have been uh, you have been in in you were like uh, you play you you had a background part in Men in Black, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, you were in I Men in Black two. Men in Black two. Oh, yeah. awesome. And uh, I don't even know if that scene made it to the DVD extras. Uh, but, yeah, I did extra in that movie. I did an extra in uh, Bad Company with um, Chris Rock and uh, Anthony Hopkins. Oh, I never saw that movie. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, well, join the club. Uh, <laughs> if you If you rent it, and there's a scene in the park where they're playing chess, and if you put your magnifying glass all the way to the TV screen, you might be able to see me playing Frisbee in the background. Magnifying awesome. glass during chess Frank's scene. writing it down. So Check out scene. You might be able to. I'm, <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm the ant in the background throwing <laughs> the Frisbee. <laughs> How long have you been a stand-up comedian? Uh, about five years now. About five years, yeah. Now I understand that that's a well balanced bunch. It's just the uh, the whole community of uh, of comedians that they're all yeah, well adjusted and they just you know. Um, it's kind of like the the lunatics are running the asylum. <laughs> actually, I've always I've always had um I've always had like uh, aspirations to do that, but it's it's um you know the timing and stuff is just and actually coming up with the material it. it you know, I'd, I'd like to think that that it comes natural, but a lot of work goes into into what you guys do, and and like, what what's your routine for getting your material together? Like, where do you find material? I find a lot of it in my own life, and uh, celebrities are a real good 
because I mean they're in this country they're always under a constant eye. Right. So I mean like the the littlest thing they do they make a huge deal about it. You know, like like for instance, like when Paris Hillman went to jail, mm-hmm. when I first turned on my TV, I thought we caught Osama bin Laden. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, okay, some rich debutante went to jail for for what three hours? Who cares? You know, I mean, what does she what does she have to give to society? Yeah, that that's that's such a great observation, and and you're right. Just how media hungry for well, how celebrity hungry society is. It's just, exactly. I, 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 sometimes I don't understand it either. I mean, Some I of the mean, headlines that come across, like, you know, Lindsay Lohan bought a dog for a pet. Who mm. cares, you know? Well, obviously right, people right. do. Madonna had eggs for breakfast. I yeah. don't care. I, I don't care exactly. either, but there's a population out there that I don't get that just eats this stuff up. You know, if it's a, if it's like a, a niche TV show like Entertainment Tonight or something, that's different. But, I mean, like, when I turn on... The, the news at night, you know, I expect local news, maybe national news. I don't expect the first show, the the first story to be, oh, um, you know, Chris Rock made a movie with a low level uh, stand up comedian and he's in the background. <laughs> you know, I just don't care about that kind of stuff. That would be local news, local celebrity, Donnie yeah. Salvo. Hey, yeah, well, you, you know, ever- they have like the A B list of celebrities. Yeah. Yeah, I'm somewhere in the Z. <laughs> is there anything lower than Z? Yeah, I might be start, there. When they start I'm doubling right. the letters, you know, like if you go to like if you go to a concert, you're in row A A. That's because row Z is one in front of you. Well, then, then so you could say I'm a double A celebrity. <laughs> I would I would have to say I'm probably like a, a triple Z celebrity. Wow. I think that's a. I think that might be just a niche above us, Brad. I know. I was going to say if, if you're triple Z, then that means we're in the quads or the quins. Yeah, I mean, people are using Greek letters to describe us with with digits on it too. <laughs> hey, well, let's get along with the, with what this show is about. Uh, we, I have one more question. One more for question. Uh, do you ever? Do you ever eaten at? Um, have you ever eaten at Pepe's Pizza in? I think it's Hartford, Connecticut. No, it's in uh, New Haven. New Haven. I'm, yes, I'm, it is New Haven. Have you ever eaten I'm there? Worcester Street. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Love that pizza. Some of the best pizza ever. Yes, it's fantastic. That's the um, that's the uh, Italian area of New Haven. Yes, that's very uh, Italian. Good, good fellas. <laughs> oh, yeah. I have relatives up in uh, in Hartford, and uh, is it is it kind of mobby? There's guys in suits it, walking around with Tommy guns. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> and fedoras. Yeah, see, uh-huh. kid, here, try some of our pizza. Come in here, see? <laughs> yeah, I know it. <laughs> I love the 30 smart talking guy. Hey, wait, hey. Wait till, you hear the, yeah. wait till you hear the next voicemail Donnie left that I'll play in the next episode. Oh, okay. It's full of that. It's pretty awesome. And he does our sponsorship for us, so that's going to be awesome. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, thank you for that, Donnie. Appreciate that. Uh, Brad, um... Because I did talk to Donnie before we did this, right. and, and Donnie asked me if I had listened to the emails. I go, well, Brad takes care of that, end, and he usually asks me not to listen to him just so I can be surprised. Yeah. So I like Frank's laughter to be genuine. When uh, Though I do have a good fake laugh. <laughs> How's that? You're going someplace, kid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going, oops, sorry about that. All right. Okay. 
Tem- All right. Indiana Jones and Temple of Doom. Temple of Doom. Did you like this I, movie? I am, a, I am excited about this just for the simple fact is when I listened to the Raiders of the Lost Ark episode, you guys were talking about how much you were not looking forward to doing this one. <laughs> I got to be honest with you, I'm still not. I mean, I watched it. A, I watched it a week ago, and I'm like, okay. I, guess I watched it last night. I got up this morning, and I was like, dang it, I got to do a Temple of Doom episode. <laughs> you know what, Brett? Um, yeah, let's do first impressions. Okay, so so you've already started, Brett. So keep so keep yeah, going. Well, like I said in the last episode, I remember this movie, seeing mm-hmm. it in the theater. Um, probably, and and like I said, I was even though I was with a family whose daughter I was interested in at the time. You know, Who is it with you with these movies and dates? Um, there was something. You were about, a player, I guess. There was because you every every movie episode we've done so far. You were like, I was with a, in the movie with a girl. I <laughs> had a thing for. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> so 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 you know Brad's kind of kind of pattern. So so you know when yeah. when you ask a girl out, it's always a movie first. Actually, the first date I went on uh, with my current girlfriend mm-hmm. was a movie. So oh wow, there Brad. you go. Um, I. Shake it up a little bit, man. Do something different. Try go-kart no, races no, or something. I disagree. Stick to what you know. <laughs> if it works for you. Stick well, maybe that's, that's my problem because all of my first dates are usually disasters. Like that one time I wanted to go pig chasing. They have pigs. Or the other time I wanted to give out coupons to the poor. And then there was a, and then there was a bathe stray dogs. You know, I just, I don't have a lot of luck with first dates. You know, that's funny because that's how my my uh, honeymoon with my first wife was. We did all those things, right, every, right in order. It was crazy. <laughs> wow. Poconos. Well, at least you're married. I got, I got to work on that. So this movie didn't do much for me then, and a week ago it didn't do much for me either. Okay. Um, I'll go next. When I first saw this movie in the theater, I... Loved it and thought it surpassed Raiders. Okay, that was the first time I saw it. Mm-hmm. Years later, I saw it on VHS, and I thought, you know what, this movie ain't that good. And you know, it definitely went towards the back of my, you know, the indie pile. But rewatching it again, um, this movie kind of it's changed its position. I I do like it now. Uh, I don't love it, but there are some scenes in it that are that are very good, and it does suffer from some things that I, I think make it a weaker movie. But I guess what I'm saying is I don't dislike it as much as I thought I was going right, to. Right. How about you, Donnie? Um, I remember going. My mother used to take me to the movies all the time when I was a kid. She used to get more excited about the movies than I did, actually. And I remember sitting there. I was probably about eleven. When this came out, and um, I wasn't really impressed. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one I thought was awesome, and then this one was kind of like I don't know if I just even at eleven I set the bar too high. Uh, because I mean, just the way the movie opened up, I wasn't really like the very first scene. It, it was just kind of eh. Oh, you know what? I'm, I mean, oh, go ahead. Overall, I mean, it wasn't a a bad movie. I mean, like even Steven Spielberg's bad movies aren't awful. You know what I mean? That's true. Um, yeah, well, you know, I'll, I'll take it to task on that because um, Hook, I think, is just god awful. 
and that's Spielberg. And uh, I never he, saw Hook. And then he did yeah, another I never, movie. I never saw it either. Yeah, All right, here. so I retract my statement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, he did another movie called Always, which was like a romantic comedy. And while that's that not with, got uh, off, Richard Dreyfus. Yes, I'm Richard Dreyfus. <laughs> Dang you! I told you I didn't want to wear the damn mask. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> slipped. <laughs> That's Saturday Night Live, isn't it? Yes. Um, it's when he was auditioning for the role of C-3PO. <laughs> yes, I've heard yes, of that. I've never right. seen that. Uh, huh. I'll show you on YouTube. Mm. It's funny. Um, well, okay. Let, let's talk about the, the opening scene to this I, movie because I think... I got all my background information again. Oh, you got Can your we back- do that? Oh, oh, yeah. I got background got information some? too. Temple of Doom opened May 23rd, 1984. That means you're younger than we are, Donnie. Uh, if you were, if you were eleven, in my circle, in my circle, I'm pretty old. So, <laughs> wow, <laughs> this it's about uh, time. It had an estimated budget of twenty-eight million. Oh, I lost my Wikipedia notes. Oh, well, I got the page up. Okay. You want the? You want the? <laughs> Let me get the internet for just a yeah. sec. Okay, but keep going, Brad. On the opening weekend, <clears throat> made thirty-three point nine million dollars. Again, that was nineteen eighty-four. That's pretty decent. Yeah, it's not bad. That's more than some movies make. Are we? <laughs> and we'll be back. Okay. And we're, and we're hey. back. Hello? Yeah, I'm an idiot. <laughs> so, I'm what, this is idiot, what happens. Right? We, yeah. we have one internet cable in this room that we're in and it's very common for brad <laughs> and i to share it to say hey i need the internet for a sec he unplugs the cable gives it to me well oh. his computer has you on it the phone call so uh, we are recording right now and okay. that and that's what you call uh professionalism yeah what what's the last thing you heard me say did you hear me say about the opening weekend how much money I made heard on the, the last thing weekend. I heard was Frank said, "Let me bring this up. Let me get my page up on the." And then I heard a beep. And then <laughs> <Yeah>. it <was laughs> That's right. Brad. Okay, so Brad, Indiana uh, Jones, yeah, made thirty three point nine million dollars mm-hmm. opening weekend in nineteen eighty four. That's pretty good money, considering yes. some movies nowadays don't do that well. Um, it won two. No, it won one Academy Award for Best Effects, Visual Effects. And it was nominated for Best Music Original Score. Okay. Um, okay. That being said, opening scene to the movie. Club Obi-Wan. Club nice Star Obi-Wan. Wars reference. You with us, Donnie? Yes. Yes, yes. there he is. I, uh, I, I got a little chuckle out of that. I did, too. When I first saw it, I was like, no way, no way. That's Star Wars. No way. <laughs> I, I, I noticed it last night, actually. Was that the first, first time, time you'd ever noticed that? Yeah. Yeah, it was last night. Um, I, I have to admit, you can with me as far as I'm concerned, you can't go wrong if you open a movie with song and dance. I, I well, do see, like that's... I do like the song and dance numbers. Yes, and that was a lot of fun, and it was a, and it was you know, granted, it was a second movie, but it was a different way to start it, and it had this whole kind of a glamorous like 1940s. 19, early 1930s. Let just me say like 1935, film. maybe 1935, which brings up an interest, interesting point. Why? I've, in all my research, I never found I got the answer any answer as to why Steven Spielberg decided to to make it a prequel and set it one year Lucas. earlier. But oh, okay, that was that's why I meant to say Lucas. I meant to say Lucas. Yeah, because yeah, Lucas is obsessed with the prequels. And, <laughs> and it just, I meant to say I Lucas. That just I think it, uh, Temple of Doom was the start of his addiction. 
think. Hey, I could go back. Did you? You said you you found the answer. Yes. Um. Funny thing is, I am watching these movies on VHS. Right. Because uh, did it have cause, extras cause on, the Nancy, end of the v- yes. on the VHS? L- my friend Little Nancy Little lent Nancy? me the VHS, and so at the end there were interviews of it. And George Lucas has asked this question: So why do it early? And this was before the prequel term. Okay, was cool. Early. And he said, one, he didn't want Nazis to be the villain this time again. Yeah, yeah again, same old, same which, old. Which that that makes sense. And he goes, and you know what? I wanted to have uh, to give more of a background on this character that that we know, Indiana Jones. So he was trying something new, trying something different. He really wanted something a little darker, too, which I think he really achieved in this movie because it is, it is pretty darn dark. But um, uh, but that's the reason. Yeah, that, that's why okay. he decided to, to do a pre- prequel on it. That, even if, if all he said was, I didn't want Nazis to be the, the main villain again, uh-huh. that would have been enough for me. Okay. Why not show him a year earlier? He seemed like a different... Indiana Jones to me, and you know, I I wanted to bring this up because when he's doing that whole thing with the um, uh, with the diamond and the ashes with that one character, you know, at the table, yeah, um, he comes across as not being ethical. He comes across as a as he's closer to Han Solo in this movie. Yes. at the beginning, yeah, he, he, well, he throughout the for the money and the glory, yeah, they mentioned that a few times throughout the movie. He does. He has a he has a um. I have, and I have a soundbite that uh, you can't hear, but he does. He says, "Fortune and glory, kid. Fortune and glory." And and are you are you looking it up? I'm now? looking for it if um, I can find it. What, while you look it up, um, and I think you could argue that this was the fortune and glory, movie. kid. Fortune and glory. And that fortune. totally was not the Indiana Jones we saw in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Right. He wasn't doing it for fortune and glory. Because later on in this movie, when he finally frees the kids, when he gets out of the black sleep, yeah. you know, you could argue that that's his turning point. That that's, sure. He's like, you know what? I've been doing this for the wrong reason for right. so many years, right. and now I need to do it for the right reason. So maybe well, you, maybe you that's what... You could see a character like. shift once he realizes how he hit when he slapped short round. Right, exactly. That that was kind of a pivotal character yeah. moment. He even... He even you know, says I'm sorry, kid, and he hugs him, and right, yeah, that definitely was was a, a definite turning point. They, it just struck me watching this movie how different Indiana Jones as a character was than the than, the, and that may have had something to do with why I didn't like it. Uh-huh. You know, I thought this is not the Indiana Jones that that I fell in love with. You know, he's like a jerk mm-hmm. almost. But it was fun, and that opening sequence. Back to that. That opening sequence was a lot of fun. Yes, it was choreographed. Like he drinks the poison, and then he's going after the antidote, and and uh, feet keep knocking it out of the way, and <laughs> and then Willie, the girl, mm-hmm. they they meet on the dance floor, and she's going after the diamond, and he's going after the antidote. Have you seen the diamond? Have you seen the antidote? <laughs> this is funny. What were you going to say, Donnie? Well, like in the very very beginning, I have to say nothing. Nothing says action adventure movie like a Broadway musical number. <laughs> so, so you didn't, you didn't. Everything uh, goes in Chinese. You didn't, I mean, that was just phenomenal. Did you? So you liked that? Are you being sarcastic? You didn't like it, or, or? it just? I mean, it was. It, it kind of set you up for Willie's character, right? And it wasn't really that long, but I just, I did find it funny that you know it's. Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, 
And then all of a sudden you open it up and it's like that, 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 you know. <laughs> Anything kind of goes. Yeah, it was kind of an odd choice, but when it was all said and done, I was like, wow, I just had a lot of fun watching that. Yeah, I, I, I had uh, yeah. fun with it too. And you know what? This might be a good time to address Kate Capshaw's character, which gets a lot of flack for being too whiny and stuff like that. And I kind of had a change of opinion watching this again. Mostly I did be- too. Be- oh, go ahead, I, Donnie. She, she's playing the diva type of role. Uh-huh. And she is playing it up to a T. But in my personal opinion, she is the Jar Jar Binks of the Indiana Jones movie. Wow. <laughs> I would have to agree with you um, with that statement. I think totally. I, I, w- I would like to see a special edition where she's not in it. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, yeah, she. Yeah, I agree. She was Jar Jar Binks for me. I, at the same, yeah. I liked her, but at the same time, I wanted to smack her. Yes. Well, exactly. I, and I think that that was Jones, the goal. He was a way better man than I was because I would have left her on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, that's nice. <laughs> I would have put her on that elephant, and when the elephant was mm-hmm. like pointed the wrong way and smack the elephant's butt and just have her go off the opposite way of where everybody else was going just yeah. to like get lost and die a horrible death i uh <laughs> you know what she she provided an uh, you know she was the whole fish out of water and she did provide some elements that were fun but uh, i mean we were laughing at her expense and at, at her fear like the whole whole scene where they're in the jungle and the, the guys are playing cards. Uh, Indian short round are playing cards, and they're not even paying any attention to her. But she is running that back scene and was forth. Awesome. That I mean that that's a fun scene. Um, unfortunately, the, the, her only reaction, the only way she can react, is screaming. And you kind of wish yeah. that there was right. another way she could express herself. Other, like, another, other another point of that scene. I mean, I know we're like jumping pretty far ahead mm-hmm. in the movie, but. It was like almost every slimy animal in the entire jungle was like, hey, let's go camping with these guys. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It was just like... That was that was probably one of my favorite scenes in the movie because Indiana and Short Round are playing cards and, you know, the, uh, Short Round, Short Round, mm. is uh, uh, accusing Indiana Jones of cheating and yet he's got an ace up his sleeve. That's <laughs> just funny. <laughs> And it's and short round has some great lines in that. It goes it goes. I'm small, but you cheat big. You cheat big. <laughs> Sharon Stone was one of the top choices for the role of Willie Scott before Cape Catshaw. She might Cap have been a good choice. Auditioned. I mean, because yeah, really, I, I might have went that way. Yeah, because really, all that character had to do the the Willie character. All they had to do was be pretty, be uncomfortable around, and be uncomfortable around the the jungle. I think Kate Capshaw did a very good job of. You know, being the damsel in distress, being the person that had to tag along even though she didn't want to be there. You know, she, she, I, to me, though, I think she just overplayed it. She did. Mm-hmm. I, I think, um, let's see, uh, on the uh, trivia page of Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, I think it said, yeah, this was Kate Capshaw's second theatrical film. So she's still new to the movie making mm-hmm. business at this point. And of right, course, right. she she got the guy in the end. Yeah, you know, she married Steven Spielberg. Yeah, she really gimmick. did. I think so. at the time he was married to Amy Irving. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Kate Capshaw. It says here had to be taught how to scream. Hmm. Have you ever have you ever you ever been in your car and 
just tried to scream or emulate a voice you hear on the radio or a podcast or a movie or mm-hmm. something, you want to mimic that voice, and it involves screaming, it's not easy. It's not easy. And it hurts my throat when I try it. When Whenever I do it, and it's usually like at sporting events or concerts, yeah. and you just kind of get in there and you scream, right. and then at the end of the evening, it's just like, oh, my throat is killing me. And, you know, I don't think I know how to theatrically scream without, no, without hurt, you know, doing damage. Do you get a lot of screams at your shows, Donnie? I, I'd like to say yes. <laughs> uh, here and there, I guess. I mean... Uh, depends on how many of my relatives are in the audience. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, going back to the, uh, you know, with Dan Aykroyd getting the guys on the on the plane, and then it turns out that it belongs to the to the mobster. That was a great little trick yeah, that, yeah, that that, was that nice. they played on us. But what, wasn't it? A, I remember getting very excited seeing Dan Aykroyd in that one little scene. Well, you know why he was in there? No, uh, he he. It was in repayment for. For uh, Steven Spielberg having a cameo in the Blues Brothers movie, <gasps> really? Yeah. Um, oh, really? I yes, didn't sir. know that. And I can't remember exactly what role it was. That oh, he I can was, tell you exactly. It, what was he, he? He's the clerk in the uh, in the tax office. Oh, yes, yes, he's, yes. He's the guy eating the sandwich. Right. Can I help you guys? Yeah, that was Steven Spielberg. So yeah. as a as a favor, he just gave Dan Aykroyd that little role. And okay. Watching it nowadays, I don't think I really noticed it a whole lot when I was a when I was mm-hmm. little, but watching it now, it totally took me out of the movie. I'm like, what the heck's Dan Aykroyd <laughs> doing in this movie? Yeah, because his voice, even though he's trying to do an English accent, his voice is just too distinct because they never really show a close-up of him. Right. right. And I think that was probably purpose. They purposely did not show a close-up, but you could tell, that's the Ghostbuster dude. <laughs> <laughs> hey, know? it's Ghostbusters. Yeah. Why is Ghostbusters in, you got Ghostbusters in my Indiana Jones. <laughs> <laughs> But can I just, I want to ask a couple of questions about, there's two questions I had about the uh, the club fight. Yeah. Okay. Which was really cool. But uh, why did Indy punch the cigarette girl? Oh, I uh, I think one that was, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to kind of go off on, on. A tangent? Uh, a tangent, just a little bit, or a thought tangent. Um, I think that is to show that, that maybe Indy wasn't always that ethical, and that he would do anything to get what he needed before he had this key change. What did he, he get out of hitting the girl? I can't remember. Well, exactly I think it was accidental, happened. but I think it just kind of showed that. Yeah, he, it was right when it started. The fight started. Mm-hmm. I think it. I think it kind of showed that he was a little scatterbrained at times, mm-hmm. or he, he, he wasn't. Around, he popped her right in the face. I mean, he just boom, and I was like, wow. Maybe he just assumed it was a bad guy or something. You know, yeah, you, you can't be I too mean, careful. But I think because, and it's never overtly said here, but but it's it's suge- you know it's suggested that he's doing this for money, that he's doing this for personal gain, fortune and glory, fortune and glory. And so I think that that's where you know it's like he's going to do anything to get what he needs. You know, granted his life is in danger. I think in the heat of the moment, mm-hmm. it just happened. And and you know I got to say it. This part made me made me laugh because it's the classic bad guy cliche thing to do is to give someone a poison and then happen to have the anecdote right there with you. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. and this also shows you how stupid Indiana Jones is mm-hmm. at this point. Why would, if he's dealing with this Chinese guy that he knows is a bad guy, why would he accept a beverage from that yeah. man yeah. and just drink it without a problem? Yeah. You know, the guy's dumb. He's I dumb. thought he hit the 
the cigarette girl because he's just an advocate for the Claire Air Act. <laughs> <laughs> so against anti-smoking. He's just like, <laughs> that'll your filth someplace else. Uh, I ordered a Zima, not emphysema. Thank you. Oh. That's a Simpson. What was your second question, Donnie? Uh, and the other one I thought that was kind of funny is like the band played the whole time. Oh, that kind of struck me as funny too. Yeah, yeah just I never... sat there and yeah, you know, everybody's hitting each other and running everywhere, and and the, he's searching for the antidote, she's searching for the diamond, and the band just keeps going on and on and on. And I just thought that was fantastic. It was almost like the Titanic. <laughs> now, okay, I've never been in a bar fight, but I've been. I used to work at a restaurant with a bar in it, and. Uh, every so often there would be scuffles and we'd have to go break it up. And we always had bands play too on Friday and Saturday night. And during those scuffles, the band would continue to play. <laughs> Even though it was happening like right in front of them. I don't know I don't know what the reason well, for that is. You go to a is. concert and there's people, you know, mm-hmm. in the first few rows that the band can see anyway. You know, they're getting a fight or whatever. I've actually only been to one show, and I honestly can't remember which band it was, when they actually stopped in the middle of a song. Hey, 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 stop, stop it. it. <laughs> stop it. No, they actually called security. Would you please come get these people out of here? They're ruining the experience for everybody else. Nice. And they got they pulled them out. You know, why couldn't the band do that? Mm. The band at the at the Club Obi-Wan. It, I, yeah, they get paid either way. They I don't guess. care. <laughs> they Maybe weren't there for the experience. Hey, I never did um, go over my year in history, 1935, things that were going on. Oh, remember? Heroes Mask liked the fact that I did that in Raiders, so I'll do it again. Uh, In 1935, this is what people were experiencing back then. Uh, Persia changed its name to Iran. Okay. The Parker Brothers uh, marketed a new board game invented by Charles Darrow, an unemployed engineer, and they named it Monopoly. That's when Monopoly first appeared. Amelia Earhart becomes the first woman to fly solo from Hawaii to California. And as we said last episode, two years later, she disappears. Mm-hmm. Uh, airplanes are no longer permitted to fly over the White House. Mm-hmm. In Germany, Adolf Hitler denounces the disarmament clauses of the Versailles Treaty and begins and begins uh, rearmament and conscription of soldiers. I don't know what that means, but it sounded historical, so <laughs> I decided to put it in there. Babe Ruth's final game at Fenway Park was played with 41,700 people on hand. And uh, a little throwback to my home country, Ed ben- Edward Benes becomes president of Czechoslovakia. Wow. just thought I'd throw that in there. So that, that, that's what was going on in Indy's world. Yeah, it was not a very exciting year no. compared to the next year in 36 or whatever. Mm. Maybe that's why the movie wasn't so good because <laughs> of what was going on. All right. Okay. Guys, what do you think about when when they flew out of the plane with the uh, with the wrap? That, as far as I know, that was real. What are you talking about? When they jumped out of the plane when they with jumped the out of the plane with the wrap and the wrap is inflating and they're and they're falling. That was down. real. That looks real to me. I mean, granted, they oh, didn't, you mean the stunt? They actually yeah, the looked stunt. like they did the stunt. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they just maybe they threw a a raft out the plane, but there weren't no people in it. because they do do a quick cut right before they start. You said to did do. <laughs> um, and then, then when it was sliding down, and it went because you know this is early work with green screen too. Yeah, yeah, I could you really know, tell so. a lot of the 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 composite the uh, compositing 
the green screen elements with the real elements was uh, really shaky in this yeah. movie. Right. And when they went off the, like, the cliff, and you saw like the, the, the raft going down, mm-hmm. it looked like it was attached by a string. It, it reminded me of, um, remember Land of the Lost? I was just about to say, <laughs> when I saw that scene I, in my head, in the background, I was hearing, Marshall, Will, and Holly on a routine expedition. Yeah, I totally heard that song in the back of my head watching oh this my God. scene. <laughs> totally. It, it totally did look like that, Donnie. I was like, that's Land of the Lost. And I was like, wow, you know, $28 million in 84, and you, you couldn't have do better than a string. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was a like, shoe string budget. But oh, God. Oh, that um, was funny. And you know, once they come into that into that uh, uh, Hindu village, that Indian village, I think I think this is where the movie kind of gets shows its weaker side to me because I, I at this point we've met several characters, and granted, the ones that we saw at the beginning of the movie don't play into the into the movie later on, but we've met a lot of characters along the way, and I think you start to become a little overwhelmed as to what's really going on. Because in Raiders, when we first see that, that that French guy we meet at the beginning, he plays a role later on in the movie. So naturally, I was thinking, I wonder if the Asian mob, mobsters or even Dan Aykroyd is going to play some type of part later on yeah. in, in the movie. And how is this all going to relate? And then we slowly start to meet like the Prime Minister uh, for and, and the little kid who's the... Um, uh, who's it? What's his title? The what's Emperor, it? or whatever. Yeah, I don't know his name. Um, the King. It, yeah, and and so I I really just start to get just a little overwhelmed and wondering where is this story headed? And it turns out that the story is is really like two stories. You have you have just a little adventure at the beginning, which doesn't relate at all to the second story, which is the main story. It's such a left turn. Yes, you know, out of yeah. nowhere. He, um. He gets, you know, he gets dropped out of a plane while trying to escape the bad guys and just so happens to stumble across this this village that just happened to have this sacred relic in it that he just happened to have heard of before. Mm-hmm. And then the, the voodoo doctor, no, not the voodoo doctor, the, 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 the main dude in the... You know the village elder or whatever, yeah. just and he just happens to speak this language, mm-hmm. and he te- he tells the story, and then he's like, "Oh, well, let's just go do this." It just seemed kind of like yeah, he forced is, almost. It, it was it, like George was like, "Okay, how am I going to get Indiana Jones to this country with this village? How am I going to get him there? He could just fall out of a plane and just happen to land there." Okay. Right. How do I get him on that plane? Uh, he's needing to escape from some people. Okay, why does he need to escape? It's like he worked backwards. Yeah. You know, and I, it was just a weird progression of, of events that, that led him to that little village. And I, I didn't, it, yeah, it, it, was a, it, it was a lot of coincidence. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, it, that part it, didn't so much... I wasn't affected by that. You know, it's like it's just this this adventure where you where you end up in one place but end up in another where you didn't expect. But the the one thing I I struggled with was was Indy's motivation to help these people. I mean, sure the kids were missing. Um 
I wish that they had played up a little bit more the fortune and glory angle. I wish that 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 Indy could have like really gotten because remember he says the diamonds light up in the uh, in the rocks and Will a uh, Willie got excited by that. Diamonds. I ca- yeah, I kind of wish that Indy had gotten that excited too. Like, I kind of wish they they had. Like he was in some type of financial trouble or something like that, and he needed money fast, and maybe they played up that angle. So that's why he's going to do it. That's why he's going to go after it, not to help this village of people he doesn't know, but to help himself out. Even though he's, I mean, I agree because he he does you know talk about the fortune and glory, but he doesn't talk about enough, or no, he, he doesn't talk about to where it, it can it can help him. But there still is that archaeologist in him that wants to find this this old thing, mm-hmm. you know. Well, they and could have played it up him, like this. They could have played it like I could find this, I'll get published, right. I can get, I can work at a better school, I can make more. You know, they could have done that angle of it, and I kind of wish they had. It did seem like the whole his his motivation was just kind of. It was almost like he was just a puppet being led along. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't really he didn't play up that fortune and glory thing i need mm-hmm. the money yeah. you know and and he really didn't play up to the extent that he did in the other movies oh i want to find this old relic because it belongs in a museum yeah. you know it was just kind of like eh, these people gave me food they want me to go find these stones i'm lost i might as well do it mm-hmm. i don't have anything else to do donnie yeah well it just seems like through this whole movie indiana jones himself is kind of like conflicting with himself through the whole thing because, like, in the beginning, he wanted that diamond, fortune and glory, fortune and glory. And then when he when he gets to this village with uh, uh, the character I, I liked was Crazy Creepy Indian Guy. Uh, that's what I named him. I don't know what his, uh, the character's name is. You're talking about the, when the they main w- bad guy? No, the, uh, the guy in the village. Oh, the old man? Yeah, Crazy Creepy Indian Guy. Right. <laughs> he... Uh, because that was, it just cracked me up because she's like, where are we? And then he, the boat happens to hit the riverbank where a crazy, creepy Indian guy is. And he's like, oh, we're in India. And then he, when they take him, and then like when they feed him the food and he's yelling at her and he's like, look, you eat it because this is more than these people had to have to eat in a week. It just seems to me like a guy who was after fortune and glory wouldn't really care. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's still kind of respectful of the whole. Right, he he has that inner good inside of, the, of him that yeah. seems to be coming out when he sees what hard times these people are having. He's still respectful of the culture of these people, even though, you know, he's thinking about that money yeah. on the side. And it, but he knows, he, and maybe in order to get that money, he has to be respectful, in order to get to the places that he needs to go to get that fortune and glory. Just a side note, a little trivia. The man who was cast as the Indian village elder, creepy, creepy Indian guy, Mm -hmm. did not speak English. He delivered his lines by mimicking Steven Spielberg, who would say them off camera. Fascinating. Cool. Yeah, that's kind of neat. Wow. So all phonetics. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, let's go to the uh, to the palace scene now, where it all kind of sets up, and there's that dinner scene. How do they get from the Indian village to the palace? Uh, They use the elephants. They, right. um, uh, and then it, is it, it in the middle of that when we get to the jungle scene? Yes, where where all that? Yeah, I love that scene. Yeah, that, I mean, that we is a lot of fun. It, but 
but was, and that and that's that seems important too because you kind of find out where short round came from. Yeah, tell they us where it came it from. There be, you know, because you're like, why is this guy who's getting shot at taking an 11 year old kid with him everywhere he goes? Yeah. I don't you know, remember like the, what the story was. Do you remember what the story was? He found him on the streets. His parents were killed when Japan raided China, and he he was just a street kid. And Indiana Jones found him. Uh, while he was trying to pick his pockets. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. And short round. Every there, time I see short round, I think of Goonies. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, am, so I am wondering what is in the bag. <laughs> That's what keeps going in my head. Because um, I remember when I was watching it last night, and I, I picked up on this last night, I wrote down on, a, on, on, on my notebook, I said, what's their relationship you know, do they ever explain it in the movie? Because I don't really remember them doing it. And then when they when they were ca- camping and he was talking to uh, Jar Jar Binks, <laughs> said that um, <laughs> he he gave the story. And and um and I think that him being a child reflects later in this movie with all the kids in the in the mine shaft and somehow he, you know, Indy can can relate to that. Or I, I think somehow that that's all connected. I think that's why think, we have a child and not a not another type of sidekick. In those. yeah, he wants right. he, um, you know, he cares about short round, obviously, and it makes him think of all those other kids that are mm-hmm. being held prisoner. So that's why he says we're getting out of here, all of us. Yes, and, and that, goes, that's a yeah. pretty powerful line. It's it's yeah, you know, I mean that's that's one of those key changes right. in, in the character and in the and in the movie and, and stuff. It's in the camping scene that we also get more evidence of Indiana Jones's fear of snakes. Yeah, when the big snake curls around Willie's neck, <laughs> she thinks it's she thinks it's uh, the the elephant's trunk. Yeah. curling around her neck. And that whole thing with the in, with the elephant made me laugh because mm. it kept messing with her, and she would go, "Stop it!" You know, <laughs> she'd grab the trunk and throw it off her neck. Then this big old snake wraps around, and she thinks it's the trunk, and she just grabs it and throws it, and Indiana mm-hmm. Jones is, like, having a conniption fit. Which is funny because he's scared of the, that snake, but then when they have dinner at the palace, there's this big oh, dead snake. good point. That when they, when they cut it open, all these other things come out. And I couldn't what? tell if they were worms or snakes. I think, well, they were snakes and bugs. But, you know, what? I had trouble with that scene because it just seemed so over the top. Yeah, I, it was too much. I, 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 I just, I mean... I, I refuse to believe that that's that's that there's such a dish of snake surprise. Yeah, <laughs> I don't I don't doubt that 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 there's cultures that eat snakes and stuff. I just don't think that that they're prepared in that way, or that they have soup with eyeballs in it, or or the chilled monkey brains. Well, the thing I don't understand too is like how if the, they boil a pregnant snake, but when they cut the stomach open, <laughs> all the babies inside are still alive. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they Isn't just that physics or something <laughs> like you boil something. I thought I thought at first they might have been snakes, but then after I looked at them, I thought, well, maybe they've just stuffed a dead snake with worms. Yeah. It's they, just... I, they look like baby snakes to me, and like on their way to the palace, every time they looked up in the sky, all they saw was giant vampire bats. It, that's like all that's in India has no birds; they just have huge <laughs> vampire bats everywhere you look. They they showed that scene like six times. Yeah, easily. Those <laughs> those vampire bats were actually fruit bats. 
Vampire bats are a lot smaller than oh, than, really? than than uh, oh yeah, yeah 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 than fruit bats. Those big bats, they were fruit mm-hmm. bats, but you know you can't you can't go hang out with a bunch of vampire bats. That's just, well, even even that line Harrison Ford said to her, you know, it kind of sounded like he was making it up as he went along. He was like, "Those aren't birds, honey. Those are giant uh, vampire bats." <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the ticket. Vampire <laughs> bats. Yeah. You know, he almost it just did, seemed forced. He almost did have another line in, in this movie that was similar to uh, his I'm making this up as I go mm-hmm. line that he had in Raiders. And I don't remember exactly how it was worded, but it made me think of that line. He's like, I don't know. I'm not sure what I'm going to do. It, you know, it was just funny. Um, how about the whole uh, between the bedroom scenes that I liked a lot. The whole, the whole conceited, um, yeah. you know, I know you like me. No, I know you like me. And, and they both and, go in their rooms and Right, and they're so wait. stubborn yeah. that they can't, you know, they're not willing to, there's obviously an attraction there, but they're so proud that they're not willing to give in. Yeah, it's a clash of egos. This, what, again, was a, another scene that just felt forced to me. Mm-hmm. You know, this whole time, this woman has been... Nothing but a pain in Indiana Jones's butt, mm-hmm. you know. And now all of a sudden, he wants to get with her. It well, just seemed like, really, after all this, you've been, you know, wishing she wasn't around, and now all of a sudden, you're fed, you're you're full, you're, you know, you're happier now because you got your nice suit on, and you know, you got a place to lay your head instead of in a on the dirt by a campfire. I, I think that's that's classic, though. Um, you know, the whole giving her a hard time, being a jerk. I mean, that's the real rogue kind of thing to I do. I have been told that women like jerks. Women, Some women are more attracted to jerky mm-hmm. guys than nice guys. Yeah. I don't understand that, because, you know, I'm a nice guy. Yeah. What about you? Do you since are you're you a, a jerk, jerk, Donnie? Yeah, since you're a jerk, Donnie, you get lots of women? Yeah, well... I was I I'm on my second marriage, so um, I don't think. Uh, let's see. I was just totally. You're not a jerk, Donnie. I'm just messing. <laughs> Going. That's one. Of, that's one example of comedy that fell flat, which is why you're the stand-up comedian and I'm not. <laughs> well, see, I don't know if about about uh, the women with the jerk thing because I'll tell you right now my my wife now if I acted like a jerk she well she's almost 6 feet tall she would probably <laughs> kick my uh buttocks uh probably across the lawn you know, I don't think I, you used the phrase buttocks <laughs> You like that little Forrest Gump reference yeah. there <laughs> yeah. buttocks buttocks um, but uh yeah, I the whole relationship between them just didn't. There was no chemistry in the whole movie. You didn't believe anything. I didn't. I just felt like it was forced again. And and he was just like, I, I don't know. I, I just I didn't buy it. Well, I mean like that the whole time, and I remember watching it as a little kid, and just you know, just being like, well, we don't need this crap. In yeah, here, what's up? You know. <laughs> you know? And then when he finally pushed that statue into the uh-huh. wall, I was like, okay, now we're talking. Now we're going, yeah. Right, right. 
And, you know, that, that leads to just probably one of the more fun scenes and funnier scenes, too, with, with the roof coming, with short round, you know, yeah. causing this roof to go down, then finally getting out of danger. I, did, I do what you tell me. <laughs> I just lean back here. Yeah. Well, and you then, guys forgot where he was. He was, uh, when he went back to his room and that guy tried to kill him. Oh, yeah. The guy oh, was my like gosh. standing up against the wall. Yeah. It looked like he was part of the painting. Yes. That right, was, right. That, that was pretty cool. And that and, made, that gave me the goosebumps the other, last week when I was watching it. I'd forgotten about that guy. And that guy just kind of comes right yeah, out of the wall. Yeah, he just kind of like, like came Ooh. right out like. That was creepy. The Indian ninja. That was creepy. <laughs> the Indian ninja. <laughs> um, yeah, and then he has a very gruesome death. Where yeah, he, he, that, well, that, that kind of, I mean, how strong are the ceiling fans in India? I, I mean, that, that guy had to be 350 easy. <laughs> and, and, you know, for all, your, for all your listeners out there, if you're getting ceiling fans, import them from India. Apparently, yes. That was a Hamilton <laughs> model uh, ceiling fan, apparently. I think they got that at Home Depot yeah. at, in the, <laughs> India. Yeah, it was a pretty... That just goes to prove when things were built in the 30s, they were built to last. <laughs> That's true. They don't make them like they used to. Yeah, in the 30s, we do things right. Yeah, yeah see? Yeah, see? Want to kill somebody, yeah. I'm going to put them on a fan, see? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, when when that roof falls down on them, my, my favorite part about that, well, the one part I struggle with is Kate Capshaw's character having to push the lever and stuff like that. I cannot see her, no matter what, ever helping there were too many bugs in there uh, in the part of the trivia was that and for that scene cape cat kate capshaw was covered with over two thousand bugs wow i mean you know if you want a big role in an indiana jones movie and you've only done one movie previously you're gonna let yourself be covered with bugs yeah <laughs> but yeah the character of willie mm-hmm. there's no way no way no way she would have no. sticked her hand in that slimy mm-hmm. hole no way. in all honesty i don't even see her going down the hallway yeah I think she would have been too much of a ditz and too self-centered that she'd be just yelling at him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So no, you come here. Yeah. No, you yep. come here. Especially yeah, especially in light of you know her waiting in her room for him to come to her mm-hmm. room, being stubborn. Why all of a sudden was she not stubborn? Yeah. Maybe she was curious about the big giant hallway in her bedroom. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? I I could just see that character just running in the hallway yelling for help and not helping Indy. I mean. Right. She she was a very pampered woman, and she was used to certain things being done for her or, or something like that. And for her to kind of, I think, and she was so removed from the danger in that she just was basing this on what Indy was telling her through the wall. And, you know, if she had somehow could have seen the spikes coming down or something like that, I think she would have been more apt to help as opposed to, you know, just taking him by his word. Because, you know, all, all Indy has is this little hole to stick his face in and hand We in. are going to die. Yes. That was a great shot <laughs> when you see his face yeah. in the little square. Uh-huh. And when he shook his fist at her. Yes, he puts his <laughs> hand through there and all you see is the fist. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Over there. Yeah. There's some really good humor in this movie. Yes. I will give it that. It's probably, it may actually be as funny to me as... um. Last Crusade was funny, mm-hmm. you know, because there's a lot of humor with him and his dad. Yeah, this one had a lot of humor. Also, Short Round was funny too. Short Round was great. He yeah. provided just some great lines in it. Yeah, and I guess that kind of brings us to the uh, to the ceremony where they sneak up and they and they see the ceremony coming on with the. Let's see, what's the cult's name? The the, the thuggy. 
Thuggy. Thuggies. Om Nam Shivai. 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 Have you? Uh, you've never seen Gunga Den with Cary Grant, have no. you? Have you ever seen it, Donnie? No. This no. is the same organ. This is the same. Flash is staring at is the wall. Is he okay? Yeah, he's just staring What's at he the wall. What's he looking at? He's looking at the wall. Okay. I, my our dog usually joins us for recording, and he's just staring at the wall right now. Um, it's weird because he walked around the table and sat down there purposely, like uh-huh. he was gonna look at something, and there's <laughs> nothing on the wall. He's just staring at a blank white wall. Yeah. My dog. Om Nam Javai. Om Nam Javai. Om Nam Javai. That's oh. the that's the Shiva mantra, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah. In reality, uh, they were actually saying the Shiva mantra. But. Um, in Kerry, in Gunga Den, mm-hmm. that that this is the same cult mm-hmm. that that they <laughs> that they that they um address. The thuggy. So th- yeah, the thuggy. So, it's, so this it's was based- actually based on something. Yeah. That was real. Yeah. The thuggies. Yeah. Well, this- oh, okay. This movie was actually, uh, the original story, it says here on Wikipedia, was supposed to be a quote-unquote remake of Gunja Din. Oh, really? And the original title was Indiana Jones and the Temple of Death. Right, and they thought that was too foreboding. Right, and so basically what they were going to do was they were going to take Gunja Din and replace, I guess, Cary Grant's character with Indiana Jones. Oh my. Okay, i got to tell you, that in Gunja Din... You know, Brad. I know you don't don't like black and white movies and stuff from the '30s, but this movie is so good. I love Gunga Den, and it, it within the first ten minutes. If you see anything of Gunga Den, watch the first ten minutes because the way they introduce Cary Grant's character is so funny. They're on an army base. They're the French French Foreign Legion. He's an American working with the Fr- French and in, in in India and stuff. And and there's a scene where the captain comes in and he goes, he, you know, he's he's looking for for his three top men he goes you know where is he and they just do a cut to a bar fight taking place and Cary Grant is you know he's just in the throes of this of this great bar fight and you don't know why they're fighting you just know that they are and and it's pretty you know that's how we're introduced to that character cool um I'd recommend at least the first 10 minutes okay I'll watch it um I'll rent it but um yeah, so, and I think that was the scene that got, or that whole Temple of Dune scene, which is where we see Red Stripe for the first time. What's his character? What's that character? He's actually the big heavy in the Molam movie. Molam Ra. Molam Ra. Molam Ram. Molam Ram. Molam Ram. Ram. Which, that confused me a little bit because I thought he was a prime minister at first. Uh, yeah. Uh, but it turns out we have not seen seen the guy up until that point. Right, Molam Ram. We didn't yeah. see uh, him until Red Stripe guy. Yeah. And, Red the, stripe. Red stripe. It's beer. <laughs> yeah. You um, know. Yeah. He just kind of came out of nowhere, yeah, didn't he? Yeah, he did. And so for I can remember seeing as a kid thinking that that was that the prime minister guy, and then yeah. you realize no. Of course, we see the prime minister later dressed yeah. up in a little robe, and he yeah. gets. He get. We think he gets killed. He, yeah. he just he's injured. Uh-huh. That guy, and then he disappears, and we never see him again because of, of a cut scene. Yeah. Anyway, Mullaram was was pretty creepy when I was a kid. Yeah. He and, scared me, and that scene is scary. I mean, even today, the whole taking out of the heart and stuff, and I and and I think that's why it got a lot of flack. Yeah, we mentioned scene. it last time. This is that was one of the things that spurred the PG thirteen rating mm-hmm. because that was that was um, pretty intense. Yeah, I mean, to actually even now watching it, even though it looked fake, just the concept that somebody could reach in 
grab your heart, and you'd still be alive. Mm-hmm. That was that's pretty creepy. Yeah. And so well, I um, like uh, when they brought him out. The guy who was getting sacrificed, he was wearing like a Hawaiian lei. <laughs> like he just wanted a trip to Hawaii. Like they. They went up to him in the back, and they were like, Jaheim, come here, my friend. I have good news for you. This is not what I want. This was not in the brochure. Om Nam Jivai. Om Nam Jivai. Om Nam Jivai. You said that was going to get... You said a sauna. This is not a sauna. Your name was picked out of the turban to go to Hawaii. It's not a state yet, but it will be someday. Don't worry. It's going to be nice. And he puts on his leg, and he's like, yeah, where are we going? What's this? What? What? Huh? What? This isn't Hawaii. <laughs> Wait a second. Rip his heart out. <laughs> but everybody who was sacrificed got to wear a lei, and I didn't understand that. <laughs> well, you know, something nice for the people. Hey, if you're going to give your soul for us, we'll give you a little something in return. Yeah, a little something, something. A little <laughs> something, something, something to remember. Remember, even though you're going to die in a fiery pit of lava <laughs> in a matter of moments, please accept this as a token of our esteem. <laughs> And that, you know, and even that, and sure, that was a model and stuff like that, but that was a gruesome death. Yeah. That was pretty gruesome. Yeah, that whole scene when I was a kid, really, I was like, okay, I'm ready for all this scary stuff to be over. When you're on your date. I wasn't on a date. (laughs) He was just interested in her. Come on, Frank, follow the story. Okay. That's how it goes on every movie that you talk about on this show. You know what? It just occurred to me that girl he was interested in. I was 50, let's see. Born in, I was 15 years old when I watched this movie the first time. Came out in oh, 84. Oh, so you were interested in any girl. Came mm-hmm. out in 84, born in 69. That's 15, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So I was Even 16. at 15 years old, that scared me. Yeah. It was creepy. Um, um, moving on to the whole... Um, let's take like, a break before we move plot, before we go to the next scene. Okay. Let's talk. Let's talk some interesting trivia. Okay. I just have a couple of items. Okay. Let, let's let's bring in more Star Wars references. Okay. More Star Wars connections, if you will. Um, the sound effect we hear in the opening sequence on the plane is the same falling, failing engine sound effect used when Han Solo's minimum fa- mil- minimum Millennium <laughs> Falcon fails to crank up in Empire Strikes Back. Nice. So, of course, it goes back to the fact that Ben Burt sound designer is working on this film he's worked on the star wars films um another sound thing when willie is caged and flipped over to face the pit of lava you can hear the sound of a lightsaber activating when the doors open really yeah and i didn't hear it i didn't hear it either nothing you know rung any bells but i'll have to go back and listen for that there's at least three or four wilhelm screams in this movie like very distinct Mm -hmm. and while i was watching i was listening for him for sure yeah, I was too. Yeah. Actually, you can hear two. at least three or four. I remember three vividly, and, and uh, like when the bridge falls. Yeah, there's one, and when Mola Rom gets eaten by the alligators at the end, you can hear it. It's real subtle, but you and can it, hear it. When when those guys get hit in the mining cart and they flip over, don't they? Do oh that? yeah, I believe so. Yes, I believe that's another one of them. Um, when uh, the vest that Indiana Jones wears in the room in the palace is a Han Solo vest made for the Star Wars trilogy. <laughs> I thought that was interesting. That's all the Star Wars connections I have. Cool. Oh, but And an Obi-Wan, that's the biggie one. Yeah, and a, a, another observation, not so much a direct Star Wars um, reference, but Indiana Jones calls Willie Princess at mm-hmm. one point, and Han Solo was fond of calling Leia Princess. Yeah. 
Um, and then another, maybe this is odd that I noticed, but like in Empire, Harrison Ford's character is tortured to the point of screaming in this oh. movie, in, which is the middle movie of this mm. trilogy. In Empire, the middle movie of that trilogy, he was tortured to the point of screaming. And it was really weird and disconcerting to me to hear Harrison Ford actually scream like he's in pain because, he sh- you know, Indiana Jones shouldn't be in pain. Mm. Han Solo shouldn't be in pain. But it, I just thought it was odd that in both of those movies, middle middle movies of the trilogy, that he was it was similar in the fact that he was just tortured to the point of screaming. I just it's stuck out. It stuck to me for some reason. And yeah, this, this is darker too. Just like Empire was darker. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was actually never really occurred to me that they're these are both the dark movies yeah. in the trilogy. Even though this is a technically a prequel, prequel. it's the middle movie, second one released, mm-hmm. and it was and 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 Lucas did or Spielberg did point that out in in the special features on the VHS tape that I had. Yeah, I got to go watch your VHS tape, man. It's <laughs> awesome. Okay. Who's, um, your friend, who's your friend that has all the VHS tapes? Little Nancy. Little Nancy. Did, little, did, little Nancy's going to have to jump right into the 19th century. They're <laughs> buying some TVT. Well, you, she, she wanted to lend me the video disc, but I didn't want to uh, do you still the, own? Do you still own a VHS machine? Believe it or not, I do, yeah. <clears throat> did you have to adjust your tracking before you put that tape in? <laughs> well, you, you know, Brad, it's funny. I You know, it's just, you know, when, when I finally got my DVD and then I finally got TiVo, it's just the box just well, sat there. Yeah. So I just haven't bothered taking it out. I mean, every so often, you know, well, you know what? No, that's that's a lie. I haven't watched a VHS except for these, uh, except for these, um, Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I have to take. Well, you know what's funny is Nancy. She, a uh, little Nancy, she got um, an HD TV fairly recently. It's just you know she's she's building up her DVD collection and she just hasn't gotten around to getting the the the, the Indiana Jones ones. That's Tell her stop buying DVDs mm-hmm. and. Start buying HD DVDs, yeah. Blu-ray, Blu-ray, HD's yes, desk. Blu-ray. Um, but well, everybody knows when you get an HD TV, the VHS looks so much crisper. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can really see the pixels. Can you get an? Can you buy an upconvert VHS player? <laughs> yeah, Super VHS. <laughs> that's true. I never understood those upconvert DVD players. Yeah. I think it's. I think that's a marketing deal. Um. Oh, okay. Let, yeah, and let's when, talk about the whole black sleep and uh, blood of the Kali scene. When was the the scene where where the swordsman comes up and Indy reaches for his pistol? Was oh, that after? The end. Was, okay, we'll get to that later. Yeah, yeah the whole black sleep. I thought <laughs> for the longest time that Indiana Jones was faking uh-huh. the black sleep. You know, even though I'd I'd seen it before watching it last week, I thought, oh yeah, he's faking. He wasn't faking. No, he wasn't. I mean, he actually was hit by that black sleep. Yeah. And then when he popped short. I got I to say, Harrison Ford sold that perfectly. Oh, yeah. He did. Totally. Harrison the Ford. sinister smiles. And then, you know, Spielberg has an awesome way of lighting scenes. Yeah. Yeah, he The does. dark scenes aren't too dark where you don't know what's going on. And, and like, just like the close-up on his face with the fire kind of, like, gleaming in his eyes, you mm-hmm. could see it. Was, and he had that smirk on his face. You were like, Wow. I like that, that scene where um, where he's laying on the bench after being forced to drink the blood, uh-huh. and all those candles are around him, yeah. and his body's twitching, and he's trying to resist. That whole scene was pretty creepy. That's a great scene. Yeah, yeah, and and it's just it shows you just how 
how real this would this magic, whatever it is. And you're uh, right, Donnie. If he sold it, I mean, like big time, he sold that mm-hmm. that scene. I thought he that was some of his best acting probably in that movie though and i know this is jumping ahead but i thought it was very convenient that the little prince uh was also uh also had the black magic or was um was uh affected by the yeah. black sleep yeah and how it takes and fire I, to get you out of it right. <laughs> i didn't know that voodoo was an indian thing i thought that was like from jamaica or the the island yeah you know what i'm not 100% well you know they sell pizza that. in mexico yeah <laughs> <laughs> they got McDonald's in China. Yeah. You know, it's a global nation. Get with the program. But it did seem it did seem a little out of place the whole doll thing, the whole Yeah, that was kind of that was kind of strange when he whips out that doll. I'm like, yeah. "Where the heck did this come from?" Yeah. I hadn't seen Where did it. he get Where did he get like the little hat and the little <laughs> the, Yeah, the because Indy wasn't dressed it. like Well, I guess he was, but He went to the he went to the MJ Designs down the street and bought his <laughs> You have his a crafts. little fedora and a little leather jacket. He bought an Indiana Jones to- doll off the shelf at Walmart's and threw everything away but the hat just so he could put it on the Indiana Jones doll that he created from scratch. He sent the Prime Minister to build a bear. And he-, <laughs> <laughs> and he said, look, I don't need a bear. Just give me a hat and uh, a jacket. And we're good. Don't worry about it. Go ahead. If you can get some khakis, that'll be nice, too. But that's not really necessary. Do you have any miniature whips? And I need a sash. To- not a sash, but a little leather thing that goes across the chest. You Satchel. know. Yeah, the satchel. Uh-huh. satchel. Yeah, I thought the I thought him pulling that doll out was because I didn't get the I didn't get the voodoo vibe at all from the whole Mola Ram pulling hearts out of people. None of that struck me as voodoo, mm-hmm. really. You know, just like more black magic, something I don't understand. Right. And then all of a sudden, yeah, here comes the voodoo. Well, I didn't. I mean, maybe I'm voodoo ignorant, but I didn't. That kid was quick making that doll, too, because he just met Indy 20 minutes ago. <laughs> right. Right. It, yeah, like, long, all this happens in the course of one night. Yeah, how long has it been since dinner? It, it, exactly. I yeah. mean, well. Yeah, you're right. This is the course of a, of a few hours. And he already had a voodoo thing already ready for him. Yeah. Maybe he's got, like. Well, he's got servants. Come on. He, yeah. All he had to do was go, hey, build me a voodoo doll of. Please make me a voodoo doll quickly so I can torment the man that I just met. He did have the creepiest little kid voice I've ever heard yeah. in my life. Yeah, he did. That was funny, though, when, 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 he, when he walks out and uh, Willie sees him and goes, that's the prime minister. Prime oh, now that's a funny scene. That's where she's, the, yeah. the king. Yeah, where yeah. she's like, um, oh, I could totally do this. I could totally live here. Yeah. This is, yeah that, was, that was a nice touch. Um, but you know, this is the scene where we actually finally find out what what uh, Molo Ram's goal is, which is world domination. He wants to destroy all religions, right. and he wants he wants this religion, his cult, to be the primary one. And that, and we are well halfway through the movie before we realize this is the plot. This is what's going on, and I think that's. That's a little bit of a problem I have with it because during the course of the movie we were trying to figure out what's the end game in all this, and it's not till it's not till this scene where we finally get it. And y- you know, I don't need to be spoon fed, but I think we kind of need to know where where we're we're headed earlier in the movie. Yeah. You know, where what is actually going on? Well, we know he yeah. stole one of the stones. Yeah, and then we find out now that he's 
looking for the the other stones that they mm-hmm. still haven't found, and that's what all the kids are digging up. And mm-hmm. you know, once I get all five stones, and I can take over the world. And yeah, mm-hmm. it, it it took a while to get there. I think. Yeah. And then, like, there was a scene where short, short round, you know, he was captured. And it looks to me like some of those kids are in the black, what is it, the black sleep? Uh-huh. And some of them aren't. Because when they see short round, when he finally, like, I don't know, I don't know why he was, like, the only smart kid. <laughs> where he, he was, like, you know, he undid his shackles with the right. pickaxe they gave him. And then when he was running, you saw other kids looking at him like, oh, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> yeah, they all seem... <laughs> They all seemed pretty Been alert. Been here for twelve years. <laughs> well, it never came across my mind. They they seem they all seemed pretty alert and and cheerful at times <laughs> when especially right. when short round was escaping. Yay! Just in the air. Uh, I, 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 when, I oh go ahead, Donnie. When they were all in the jail there, and they were in the, with the with the little kid, and he goes and he explains the black sleep, and he said, "I'm going to be like all of them." It's like living a nightmare, you know. So, you know, I came to the assumption that you drink this blood and you become like zombie-like. Yeah, right. And they're where pretty you know co-free. what's going on, but you can't control yourself. And then ten minutes later, short round makes it out, and then everybody's cheering for him. You. Yeah. So I was kind of like, what, what, I thought they were in the black sleep. <laughs> This black know. sleep isn't isn't all it's cracked up to be. It's not for everybody. Yeah, <laughs> you know, um, uh, when you talked about about them, you know, short round using the pickaxe to break his chain, it remind me of a of a Seinfeld joke uh, where he did stand up and he was talking about chopsticks, and he and he says and he talks about how you know so so here you know the Japanese culture has used chopsticks and Chinese all these years, but when they went out to garden. They didn't go out with two sticks and dig up a hole. They used a shovel. Why did, Why couldn't they make the connection between shoveling? <laughs> Wait a second. This is where, this is, uh, you know, <laughs> the whole shovel action just didn't, they just didn't make the crossover to the food part. It was just, oh, okay, let's go out and, and dig now. Where are my two sticks? I can pick up dirt. <laughs> anyway, I'm sure it was, was like that kind of revelation. You were like, oh, my gosh, we could have gotten out of here like, a couple weeks ago. <laughs> they were like, they're, you know, to go with like racial stereotypes, you know, Asian kids are the smartest kids in the, in the world. <laughs> so you put like the Asian kids, like, oh, stupid round eye, all you gotta do is hit this with this and we out of here. <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't, they didn't have to do some math problems or something like that short round. <laughs> um, what? Well, you know, let's talk before we get to the mine ride. I want to talk about the whole fight scene that takes place in the mines, and you know, Indy has to fight the big. You know, here's the big burly guy, just you like know the, who big the big German big guy. burly guy is. No, you? who is he? It's the same actor who was the big bald burly guy. No in, way. In Raiders, who got hit by the propeller? Uh-huh. That's the same actor. His, no I believe yeah, his name he's, is. He's actually in this movie three times. Uh, yeah, is he, he three different he people? He plays um, the the guy who does the gong at the club. <laughs> Oh really? Yeah, and his then name is he Pat plays, Roach, isn't it? He he plays the guy who was the main guy who was whipping the kids that he threw the rock at. Right. And then he he hit, he plays the guy who gets squashed. Wow. I think his name is Pat Roach. And I think he's yeah. in, he's he's also in uh, Last Crusade, but I I couldn't find him in that movie. Well, okay. he has a cameo in it. They said, but okay. I mean, you know, what stuntman actually has a cameo in movies? Right. <laughs> 
Um, it was like <laughs> when that scene started, I I was thinking, oh, here's here's the big here's the big guy scene. But I thought I thought that that whole scene worked out really well. Him fighting the big guy and and the whole um, voodoo doll, but then short round mirroring there's that great scene where short rounds hitting the prince yes. and then at the same time indy's hitting the yeah. big guy that was pretty there were, there were a couple of scenes in there where short round was mimicking either on purpose uh-huh. or involuntarily indiana jones yes uh movement like well i when, think i think he did that because it just showed you like how much he looked up to him because when you find out the story right this kid's whole family was killed yeah. you know you're not thinking people are very good right now yeah. and then he meets this guy, who could have threw him in prison for picking his pockets, but said, hey, why don't I give you a job? The scene in the village where the old man's telling Indiana Jones a story about the uh-huh. about the stones, he he, yeah. he he clasps his, he winds his fingers together like that and puts mm-hmm. he puts his hands together, and behind him you can see Short Round do the same. He's looking yeah. at Indiana Jones, he does the same thing. Yeah, and he fixes his hat, too. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yep. Uh, but, you know, there were parts of that whole, not just, not the fight scene with the big guy, but the fight scene with the Indians leading up to the uh, leading up to the minecart thing. The, I thought the timing was just a little off; that it didn't feel very spontaneous. Yeah. My understanding, though, is and I could be wrong on this, is that Indy had messed up his back. He or, did. Or, he, or Harrison Ford had messed up his back, so he was really struggling through, through those. He scenes. injured his back in a scene that didn't make it into the movie. He was wrestling a bear, uh-huh. and they ended up taking that scene out for one reason or another. But, yes, he did injure his back pretty severely. But that whole, before the mind scene, that's just, there's parts of it that timing-wise just doesn't feel, it just feels very staged and yeah. not very fluid. Well, they can't all be winners. Yeah. That whole cart um, scene, mind cart scene, uh-huh. that was just a bit of a stretch for me as well. <laughs> there, there was a lot of construction Roller. that made <laughs> Yeah. It's like a virtual roller coaster. Yeah. Well, they even they even uh, Ben Burt, the sound guy, even put actual roller coaster noise in there for those scenes. And I don't know, maybe it sounded too much like a roller coaster for me. But I was like, there's no way that the the cart would jump off of a track <laughs> and then just oh, have yeah, to they, get they, back on the track. <laughs> I'm sorry, but you well, know, you got yeah, no, I agree. Indy is surrounded by luck. Yeah, Indiana Jones is one of the luckiest people on the yes. planet. And, you know, it's, I realize this is a fun summer movie, but I mean, I don't know if, if I can, if I can deal with the fact that a guy would reach in a guy's chest, pull his heart out and the guy <laughs> doesn't die from it. I can deal with the mine cart scene. Well, my thing with the mine cart scene is that it's like, hey, let's take the most inefficient route yeah. for a mine <laughs> and, uh, and build these tracks and, and let's just make it completely, uh, uh, unefficient, but you know, fun. <laughs> Let's build it over that that swirling pit of lava. <laughs> that makes total sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now, I know we're picking this apart, but at the same time, it was fun. It was fun. Not trying well, to like be the, not trying to be disrespectful to to George and Stephen, mm-hmm. but I mean, come on. Yeah. Well, like when short round after short round uh, was beating up the the king or the emperor, that little kid. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, he beat the crap out of him. If you watch that scene, you know, where Indy's fighting the big guy, and then you look up on the on the little cliff there, I mean, Short Round is going to town on that kid. He is. Like, And, and then the kid, all he has is, like, a little bit of, uh, 
he has a little bit of like blood on the side of his lip, and he's like, "You have to take the left passage," <laughs> and of course they take the right one. You know, yeah. and then short round was just like, "Hey, no problem. I know. Dark sleep. I got you, buddy. Don't <laughs> worry about it." <laughs> No problem, buddy. Yeah, a friend of mine down there, he was with it, but he's okay now. So, yeah, I got it. Black <laughs> sleep. You're actually good. Black sleep. Got it. Yeah, we're cool. Don't worry about it, buddy. <laughs> so they can... escape the mine, mm-hmm. and then, of course, we got the bridge scene, which was classic. Pretty awesome. That, to me, is that's great. That was pr- one of my favorite scenes, yes. action scenes in the movie, was the whole deal the standoff on the bridge mm-hmm. now that's where the scene is concerning the gun uh where he yeah well, and and in i watched that scene carefully i know you have an opinion about that scene well i thought it was odd this movie takes place before mm-hmm. raiders mm-hmm. but the way indiana jones approaches this scene is like oh yeah a dude's come up to me before with a sword and all i did was reach over here and grab my pistol and uh-oh where's my pistol you know, I thought it was kind of odd. You know, it happened second for us mm-hmm. in chronological viewing order, but maybe we have to assume that he's actually done this move before. He's met several other swordsmen before where he just reached <laughs> over and grabbed his pistol. Well, um, well, that was, when Raiders came out, that was like the scene that everybody really talked about. Sure. And it was, a, a you know, a huge scene, so Lucas said, hey, or even Spielberg might have said, "Hey, let's let's do that again." But this time, he has no gun, and let's see what he does. Yeah. Now, I did watch so, that scene a couple times, and he doesn't come across as I've done this before. He didn't think so because I know totally, the way I, totally I read it was felt, like, "Oh, I got a gun." I totally thought it was because he he gets that smirk on his face, yeah. you know, like, "Oh, yeah, let me find that gun. I've done this mm-hmm. before." And that's just the way it came across to me. Yeah. I mean, I liked it. Yeah, it was funny, but I. In thinking about it, and maybe you know, I'm thinking about it too much. Maybe I'm putting too much thought into it. Maybe I'm just you know looking for fault when there doesn't need to be any. Mm. I still liked it. Yeah. Oh, you know, g- going back to the to when they freed all the kids in the mine shaft. I know we j- we're jumping back from there, but um, you know, I think this movie came out a year after Return of the Jedi, and that's like a little Ewok scene. These are these are small people small weak people who are just ganging up on these on these huge evil guys and it's it's like a small it's like an ewok scene it's just like the ewok scene it did come out one year later yeah so yeah, uh, I, no, I, I, oh go ahead Donnie. watching it last night when he when they first showed indiana jones and he sees all the miners uh-huh. and the only thing that was going through my head was like oh no indiana jones found kathy lee gifford's sweatshop <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, Miss Lee. We will make the shirts for you. Yes, <laughs> where we'll pass the slavings on to you. Oh, slavings! Oh, well, that's a Simpsons. <laughs> that's a Simpsons reference too. I love the Simpsons though. Anyway, so the the end on the bridge. Mm-hmm. Well, um, classic, just classic cliffhanger. I mean, and it is a cliffhanger too. Classic, and that was a real bridge. Yeah. Um, and uh, Steven Spielberg would not physically cross that bridge to get from one side or another, so they had to actually drive him a couple of miles out of the way to get around mm-hmm. that, I assume, across a real bridge or something, yeah. but he would not walk across it at on all. On the special features on the VHS. I don't think I'd walk across it at all either. 
Well, he, yeah, he, he mentioned that. He said he was able to go out maybe 20 or 30 feet, but he couldn't go past that. Really? Yeah. It's just he was too freaked out. But um, but yeah, then the kids the kids come home. The village is alive, and everyone now, is. Do you think when when Stephen's instructing these villagers uh, how to do this scene, do you think he just said, "Hey, pick a kid, <laughs> act like he's yours, act like you know this is your son, and hug him and kiss him"? Well, I mean, I'm... I mean, and he told the kids, "Find an adult that doesn't have a child in their arms." <laughs> Go up and act like that's your mommy. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, it had to be something like that, right? Yeah. Because there's no way that that they could coordinate. You go to this person, and you go to that person, and you know that's probably just the the path of least resistance yeah. at that point. <laughs> but that, but that, I mean, and that's a very joyous and happy happy scene. Yeah, you know, even with even with Willam, uh, Wilhelmina. Um, or Willie uh, complaining, you know, and then Indy does that whip scene to bring her towards her, and then of course there's the big kiss. And yeah, and the the elephant with the water in the trunk, and uh, ha ha! Oh, you're so funny, ha ha! That 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 whole scene was very like uh, with the whip. That was very like 1930s serial. Yes, you know, but uh, like the scene uh, with the bridge was was a good scene because he was like, you know what? If I go this way, I'm going to die. If I go this way, I'm going to die. I'm going to break the bridge. That was awesome. That's just, to me, that was the Indiana Jones that I knew, that I liked, that he was ready to sacrifice himself if he had to. Well, you know, I don't... He was going to do what he could. He wrapped his foot around that that rope to try to save his own skin, but he realized this is a lose-lose situation. I I don't think it was so much like... um... I, I mean, I think he had every in- intention of surviving that, mm-hmm. but like mm-hmm. the, you know, this is, this is, I got to do this. Yeah, this he was prepared to way go out, out yeah. and this is this is my only option left. Mm. That was, I liked that scene a lot. Yeah. And then when they were hanging, and he was there with like the main uh, priest guy, I I can't remember. Red Stripe, Molo Ram. Rich, yeah, Red Stripe. It's beer. <laughs> and then. And then, you know, leave it up to the Chinese kid to have another good idea. Indy, cover your heart. And then the Indian guy looks like, oh, why didn't I think of that? Yeah. I do that. <laughs> it's like, you know, keep your ideas to yourself, kid. All right. You know? But there were but there were some great just uh, the way some of those characters would fall and then catch on to the to some of the railings. I mean, that was just it's just good stunt work. I mean, even even watch again, it's perilous. You just but then you get, you do see some of the poor uh, uh, green screen work in it, like when some of the characters are falling down. Yeah, but um, you know that's just the technology at the time. So overall, this movie, <clears throat> while while for me it was my least favorite, it was still fun. Yes, you know, mm-hmm. it was still. It, it, I, I don't need I don't need to watch it again next week. Yeah, you know. There were some funny parts that I really enjoyed seeing again. Mm-hmm. The 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 playing poke around the campfire with all the animals attacking the girl that was fun. Um, yeah, the the bridge scene was cool to watch again. But I don't hate this movie. It's just my least favorite. Uh, Brad, I, I, I even after seeing the newest one, mm-hmm. it's my least favorite. Um, yeah, I won't say anything more about that. We need to save that. Yes. 
Um, I wanted to acknowledge the fact that I had seen it. Yeah, I, I've seen it too. Out of the four, it's my least favorite. Yeah, and and but but it's but there there but it's it's you know it it's a close last just because it's it's Indiana Jones. Come on, yeah. It's um it's Even, it's a different adventure. It's a it's a different indie, but it's an early it's an early version of him. Yeah, and, and I and I I brought that up to Todd the other day at work, Todd Hartzell, mm-hmm. and I was like. You know, he's a totally different person, and, and Todd was like, well, you know, this is a year earlier, you know, something, it, it's a year before, and I'm like, can something really happen to somebody in a year to change him that much? And well, it, it was this guess, adventure. Yeah, that it, was, it, it was what happened. I think I think you're right, Donnie. This is really what what changed Indiana Jones, the, the thing with the kids, you know, this is what changed him from the jerk to the good guy. Donnie? Donnie? I don't know. Oh, what happened? Skype. Hello? Did we not pay to Skype? Hey, Donnie, I think we lost you there for a little while. Yeah, uh, we, you know, we I ba- could hear you this time, and you couldn't hear me. Oh, okay. Well, we are recording back again right now. Oh, and I got text. And I have to say, I have never been hung up three times in a row by nicer people. <laughs> ah, well, we appreciate <laughs> that. So you, you could hear us? Yeah, that said, time I could hear you, you couldn't hear me. Did you hear me throw it to you? Yeah, and I started to answer you, and then you guys were going, hello, hello. Okay, okay. start with your answer. Well, um, see, when when she asked him, when Jar Jar Binks asked him, <laughs> um, you know, why didn't you keep the stone? And he said, well, it just would have wound up in some museum collecting dust that does so much better here. That's your Indiana Jones for Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree, totally. I totally agree. Um, have you seen the new one yet? Yes or no? That's all we'll say about it. Yes, I did. Okay. Yeah. Do uh, is this out of the four? How does this rank for you? Uh, if I was to rate the Indiana Jones movies, it would go number one would be uh, Raiders, two would be Crusade, three would be Kingdom, and this one Temple would be the fourth one. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Um, it's it's uh, kind of close. Okay. Uh, between temp- Temple and um, and the new one. What about you, Frank? Rank, uh, rank I, four. That would be the exact, the exact same. I think same I'd have to say the same thing. Yeah. I don't want to say any more about the new movie, mm-hmm. but um, having yeah, having said that, the first and two are and show right there. Yeah, having having said that, the first two are are close, close first and second for me. Yeah. So. Oh, I um, agree too. I could watch either one of them anytime they're on television, mm-hmm. or just pop it in and watch it constantly. I got something yeah. in the mail that I want to share with you guys. Okay, and you're gonna have to close your eyes so you don't see what it is. I'm gonna play okay. the guessing game. Okay, my eyes okay. are closed. Uh, yeah, Donnie, close your eyes. <laughs> you're not driving, are you, Donnie? <laughs> All right. Um, try to guess what this is. Okay. Well, I can hear. It sounds like a box of matches. Can you hear that, Donnie? Gotcha. <laughs> I guess he, can you hear it, that? I agree. It does sound like a box of matches. Yeah. All right. Open your eyes, Frank. Okay. What? I got a box in the mail uh-huh. from one of our listeners uh, named Kevin King. Flag waver on the forum. Hey, flag waver on the forum. When I opened the box, there were two cassette tapes in it. Raiders of the Lost Ark uh, motion picture soundtrack and... Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade motion picture soundtrack. <laughs> These look oh, like... 
Somebody stole that from you, right? Somebody stole it and returned it. <laughs> yeah, somebody stole it from me. Let me read this this note from from Kevin. Hand me the cassettes while you while you read. They it. look brand new, like they they've never been touched. But he says, "Brad, dear Brad, not just Brad, but dear Brad, <clears throat> I recently went through some old boxes." and got rid of a lot of the cassette tapes that I now have CD versions of. After all, we are in the 21st century, right? (laughs) You hear that, little Nancy? Yeah, you hear that, little Nancy? Three that I decided to hold on to were the soundtracks to the Indiana Jones films. As with a lot of guys our age, along with the Star Wars movies, Indy was a huge part of my childhood, and I just could not bring myself to part with them for sentimental reasons. After hearing the Raiders of the Lost Ark review episode, however, I realized that I was in a unique position to create to correct a grave injustice, (laughs) namely (laughs) the theft of your copy of the Raiders soundtrack. Enclosed, you will find a Raiders of the Lost Ark soundtrack cassette to replace the one that was stolen from you those long years past. It is my sincere hope that this replacement will assuage the pain of that terrible violation. As a bonus, I am including the soundtrack cassette to The Last Crusade. I am not, however... Sending you my Temple of Doom soundtrack, as this is very valuable and impossible to find. It has been well over a decade since I have even seen the import CD version from Japan. By the way, I looked for that on Amazon. You can buy it for $99, Kevin. Wow. Nevertheless, he says, I know that these two will find a good home and hopefully bring back fond memories for you, which is far better than just sitting in a box in the back of my closet. Thank you for the hours of entertainment and I eagerly await yours and Frank's reviews of the rest of the Indiana Jones saga. Sincerely, Kevin King. Kevin, thank you very much for that. That was. I hope, uh, I hope you played the Incredible Hulk music while you read that. Oh, I should have. I should have actually been playing the Incredible oh. Hulk music. You know what? I'll go back and put it in post. Oh, there you go. There you go. Um, Kevin, that was awesome. I've, Kevin, I, I am actually, I'm actually uh, taken back. I was. I actually. Um, teared up a little my eyes watered when i opened this and read your note i thought that was very uh very kind Ooh, we gotta take a picture very sweet thank you very much here brad hold hold the cassettes up oh yeah let me hold that these was, up that was awesome and, and i just want kevin to know that i had a childhood tragedy <laughs> when i was 16 someone stole my ferrari <laughs> see and i had a hundred thousand in cash in the trunk <laughs> i was thinking the same thing i was thinking <laughs> After I read the letter, I was going to say something like, and you know what happened last week? <laughs> Somebody busted into my house and stole my Xbox 360. You know, did I ever tell you the tragedy of when I was when I was five and someone stole my peanut butter and jelly sandwich? God, I'd love to have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I'm sure you'll get one in the mail very soon. Why did I ask for that? That'd be funny, actually, <laughs> if you did get a peanut butter PB&J in the, in the mail. I won't eat it. I may admire it. Kevin, thank you very Kevin, much for you're these. you're the best. I actually have access to a cassette player, <laughs> and uh, I plan on putting them in there and listening to them. Is it a shoebox? Uh, did, you, did you borrow it from Little Nancy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's one of the, it's a so stereo. I, I think she's still rocking with the 8-track. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> I actually had a How long. How do you convert these into CDs? <laughs> <laughs> I actually had a long conversation with somebody about 8-tracks. Actually, my kids the really? other day trying to explain what 8-tracks were to them, and they you were know, like, huh? Even as an adult, uh, I was just like, I don't, yeah. this is dumb. This is dumb. It was the dumbest idea ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, the song's fading what? out, but it's going to come right back as soon as the track changes. Thank you, Kevin, for these. I really, really appreciate it. Thank they look you. brand new, like like never used. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. Inside the Last Crusade one, who would have thought this episode would have gone as long as it has? Oh, yeah. Inside this, um, 
is a Lucasfilm fan club. Uh, oh no way! Order form. You, you can, can get fedoras. You can buy the uh, Indy Three 1990 wall calendar, the Indy Three Advance poster. They were calling it Indy Three. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lucasfilm fan club T-shirt. Uh, you can buy watches, Indiana Jones watches, computer games. Ooh, listen to this. Listen to this. Indy 3 graphic adventure game <laughs> gives you the opportunity to relive the smash hit movie, only this time you're Indy, outfighting, outsmarting, and occasionally outrunning the bad guys. Discover scenes that were left out of the movie. Listen to this. Unique no-typing interface. <laughs> and then in parentheses it says point and click. Your computer requires 512k RAM. Wow! For the unique, for the uh, affordable price of fifty nine dollars and ninety five cents. Wow! Isn't that pretty awesome? Anyway, that we should, w- all, we should all order it and go to Little Nancy's house and play it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. She just got a Commodore sixty four. That'd be so funny she's really if, excited. if the address on this actually still existed and somebody like if we turned it in and we got oh dude check this out some guy you know, in the warehouse. <laughs> Where are these where are these items located? <laughs> okay, we'll get the calendar and he wants the computer game. Yeah. It's all the way in the back of the warehouse next to the ark. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Okay, guys, we have gone very long, but I think it was very good. Well, that's what these episodes are for. No. For going did I, on. Did I beat the record? No, sir, you did not. Oh. But hey, you helped us go over an hour and a half for freaking Temple of Doom, so you <laughs> should be proud about that. Yeah. Yeah, because that movie, really, we could have summed that up in, like, seven minutes. We could have. <laughs> we could have. Thank you very much for, for joining us today. Yeah, thank you so, so much. And what's your website, Donnie? Uh, well, people who contact me on uh, MySpace, they can just uh, do a comedy search for Donnie. Okay. And uh, my my picture should be on there because everybody knows what I look like now that I'm on a podcast. <laughs> Well, um, I'll put that link on our on our website, and uh, if you go to the half hour wasted uh, MySpace, uh, Donnie is one of our friends. I have uh, I have our friends on on a random rotation, so just look up look under our D's and you'll find them. Cool, very cool. Okay, well, Donnie, uh, good luck with the with uh, with with uh, being a funny man, and uh, you have a CD too, a comedy CD. Yeah. Uh, how can yeah, I get it? Not- um, well, see, when I first made it, I was so excited to make it that I was a moron and didn't put a barcode on it. Like, you can't buy it off of Amazon or anything Oh, like a smart person would do. But um, I'll tell you what. Any any of your listeners that becomes my friend, I'll send them a free CD. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that's very generous. Okay. And, um, just don't play it in front of your kids. <laughs> it's a little It's a little themed. You know, it's not too dirty, but it's, you know, there's parts you don't really want to, your kids to hear, you know what I mean? Or your grandparents. So, or your, or well, your nuns. Actually, old people love me. I don't know why. <laughs> hey, when you get into comedy, you find out when you play for senior citizens, the dirtier you get, the old, the more they love you. And I they can't figure it out. Uh, you know what? They just don't care anymore. Yeah, at that point, they've been through enough in their life. They're like, <laughs> make me laugh. I think I think it's a fact you talk about stuff they can't do anymore. <laughs> probably so. That probably has a lot to do with it. I remember that. I remember pooping by myself. <laughs> All right, guys, let's get out of here. All right. Well, for uh, uh, for Brad, I'm Frank and Donnie. Thank you so much. And well, uh, next time we me. see you guys, we'll be doing uh, last Indiana Jones: The Last Crusade probably in a couple of weeks, and then after that, 
Crystal Skull, but that'll be a couple weeks away. Absolutely. Looking forward to talking about that movie. All right, Donnie, you take care of yourself. And guys, we will... I hope you guys will have me back. I had a real great time. And, uh, you know, shoot me an email. Maybe one day we'll talk comics or something. Okay. Sounds good, man. Sounds good. All right, guys, for everyone, this is Frank. This is Brad. And we'll see you next time on A Half Hour Wasted. Thanks to Limp Biscuit.